Talking with Girlfriends is our outlet, our therapy, our entertainment, and our education. Pull up a seat around the table with co-hosts Matt and Machete Jones and Tennille Daniels as we explore healing through hospitality. Join in weekly as we dish on cultivating well-being, deepening relationships, and creating legacy. You are now listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. How are you? Good. What's going on? Huh, what is going on? Not too much this week. Um, it's been a little bit of a challenging week, but all in all, I'm healthy and in my right mind. So it was it was good. How about you? It was good this week. I am definitely feeling my um, Black Friday deals that I took advantage of and everything that's been rolling in on my front doorstep. Mm. So I got some nice purchases. I think I shared the pots and pans online. I got a Ninja Foodie. Um, is that like the the five in one thing grill or something? Um, it is. I don't know how many in one, but it is. Okay. It, it's a pressure cooker. Okay. And it's an air fryer. Okay. Um, so you can like pressure cook. So like, you know, if you pressure cook a chicken or something, it'll be juicy, but you won't get like that crispy skin. Mm-hmm. So this will give you like that broil function. And then you can use it as a straight up air fryer for like whatever French fries, whatever people air fry. So I'm excited because, you know, I like to keep my counters clean. I don't like a lot of appliances. So I like that it's more Multi. than one function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. saw one that had a, a grill, like an indoor grill on top as well as an air fryer. So Ninja is just coming up with all the... Yes. They have the indoor grill. Well, I didn't see that it was also an air fryer. They have a really dope indoor grill that I wanted, mm-hmm. but it doesn't... Like I was thinking about like how much of my food do I really grill versus like a pressure cooker is so versatile. Like I could yes. use it every day mm-hmm. um, and, the, and the crisping function. So I, I wanted that indoor grill, but we have an outdoor grill and we use it during right, the yes. season. That, that, so. <laughs> that works for you. Yeah, I'm looking for an indoor grill because I don't have any outdoor options. Space, so. right. Exactly. <laughs> but I saw that thing. That commercial was very um, <laughs> convincing. I'm sure. It's been like two, three years that I've seen this thing. And like my spending has been at an all-time low this year because I haven't been going anywhere. We haven't been eating out. We haven't. So I'm like, let me get the things that I want, but still a deal. So... Um, I took advantage of Black Friday to get things that I want, like for the house. I also got some things for business. I got a um, heat transfer label printer and some labels because okay. I'm about to start shipping stuff soon from the Love Matter shop. Get yeah. ready, get ready, get ready. All right, so. this is the last time. It's like, no, <laughs> you said somebody <laughs> actually brought it up to me the other day about the the coming soon. But yes, we are excited that it's coming soon. And you oh, guys, it's coming soon. Oh, this ain't the last time. Ready. That might be my last time. I'm gonna keep telling y'all to get ready. <laughs> I'm excited that you guys are going to be excited with me. Okay. No, no, no. We are excited. I'm looking forward to seeing what it is because I haven't yet. So we're all excited. The girls are here for you. Yeah. So the printer is um, here and I got all my inventory and stuff together. So it is a lot of steps to um, getting into the retail space. Mm. And so I'm trying to learn from those who are already in it Mm. and, um, make the necessary investments without upfront without making like throwing so much money at things that may or may not be what I need to be doing. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. So those are my big purchases and that's what I'm feeling for the week. What about you? For me, I am feeling, it was actually a little hard at first for me to think about what I was 
loving and feeling this week because I, like I said, it was a little challenging, but Mm -hmm. based on our last episode, you have to make a choice. So I had to make a choice to dig in and Mm. find some things that I was really loving this week. And there were things, um, it was all about my outlook. So, um, the thing that I'm loving this week is my Christmas tree. Um, Mm. I was really excited that I was finally able to secure my black Christmas tree at the end of the last holiday season for the Lolo. And this year I was able to decorate it and um, it's black and white and has pops of leopard, which is not something that I've seen a lot of people do. So I was excited about that. Um, And then Tori Kelly came out with an amazing Christmas album. And while I was decorating my tree, I had my eggnog and my Tori Kelly album, and I was just dreaming. So if you haven't listened to it, get into it. Yes, this is a time of like joy and happiness and all that good stuff. But it's also, we've said, it's like a little weird. Um, Yeah. It's a little different. So I think we do have to be intentional about creating that joy. Sometimes I feel like I'm faking it till I make it a little bit. Like it's not the same, you Mm. know? So, yeah, um, which is a perfect segue into our table topic for um, our table talk topic for this episode. So after nine months of social distancing mm. and isolation, um, a very difficult and tumultuous year with all of these anxiety inducing news cycles after news cycles. Um, and we're not even going to get into the topics. Y'all know what they are, <laughs> that what they were and what we went through. Um and now we're having these shorter and colder days. I feel like we would really be remiss not to dedicate an entire conversation to our mental health. So mm. welcome to season two, episode 10, Unwrapped, Protecting Your Mental Health. Child, let's Necessary. get into it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So as Maddie just said, we all know that 2020 has been hard, right? So whether you've gone through one traumatic event in 2020 or multiple traumatic events. Um, I think there's, everyone has experienced some emotion or, you know, uh, trigger that Mm -hmm. has really brought forth um, to light some of the things that could lead us into some really tricky mental health spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one that a lot of people have been dealing with in this season is depression. Yeah. Um, And, you know, depression, there's a, there's a range, right? So there's, you know, kind of low grade depression all the way to your clinically um, depressed state. And Mm -hmm. I think there's a, there's a lot in between there. And we wanted to unpack that a little bit. Um, you know, right. Cause it can be a little bit of a buzzword. Like people talk about, I feel depressed. Um, but you know, does feeling down, does feeling depressed, what, like you said, there's so much gray, Mm -hmm. what are the types of depression? And we talk about like, oh, there's clinical depression, but unless you've been diagnosed, you really don't even know what those are. You just, you know, you're feeling bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so 2020, you know, we talk about social distancing and, physical distancing. You know, Maddie was very adamant at the beginning that we didn't want to use that socially distanced mm-hmm. uh, word because there were still opportunities for us to connect. But we do mm-hmm. recognize that in this season, a lot of people are experiencing 
isolation Mm -hmm. um, and loneliness. And so we wanted to unpack the definitions of those a little bit because Mm -hmm. they definitely show up differently. Um, And a lot of people I've, you know, read about and heard from have said, you know, you can feel isolated with people around you kind of in your own home. Like there you are You can people- certainly feel lonely with people around you for sure. Yeah. And yeah. and and sometimes, you know, depending on the the relationship, mm-hmm. um even if you have someone physically in your space, mm-hmm. you can still emotionally and mentally kind of be isolated from them. So, one of the mm-hmm. things that I wanted to unpack was that the difference between isolation and loneliness. And Mm -hmm. when I was doing my research, really isolation is an act. Um, You make a conscious or kind of subconscious decision to separate yourself from someone, something, um, you know, sometimes we make those conscious decisions, but sometimes there's something uh, emotionally holding us back that will create kind of that separation and division. So it's more mm-hmm. of an act. Loneliness is a feeling. A feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, really, you know, the sadness that comes from, you know, either not feeling that you have people who uh, relate to you, who see you, um, who acknowledge you. Um, and, you know, that can be something that is fleeting, you know, comes every now and then. Or that can really be persistent loneliness. And I think Mm -hmm. for people who, um, like me, I'm not, I haven't been traditionally someone who has felt lonely um, because I do have a lot of friends and family who consistently show up for me. But I think in this season where we've been forced to just be in our homes and for me, you know, to be in my home alone for so long, you do feel like you know, the, the, that loneliness and sadness kind of creeps in because you're not able yeah. to be around the people that you want to be as much as you, you know, want to kind of given um, the current situation. So, yeah. And you, you can, you can, like you said, you can feel lonely and not be alone. And mm-hmm. it, it almost feels worse. It almost feels more painful to be lonely in your marriage, to yes. be lonely in a partnership, to be lonely when there's someone else there and exactly the words you use and not feel seen mm-hmm. and not feel understood and not feel like you are connecting with that person. Sometimes that can feel um, even more painful. Yes. So we recognize that so many different people are going through this right now. Yes. And on, on so many different levels. So mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, you know, feeling down versus kind of that clinical diagnosis of depression. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, as I mentioned earlier, all of us have felt down at some point or many points during 2020. Um, I was talking to someone the other day about, you know, January through kind of March of 2020 felt so long ago. But Mm -hmm. what I can remember from that period is that you know, even though there were some kind of traumatic um, events that happened in those first three months, we were still, you know, hopeful and out and about. And then everything kind of just shut down so quickly um, that it was a little bit of a shock to the system. And Mm -hmm. when you think about it, you're like, okay, this shock is only going to last for a couple of months. And then a couple of months turned into six months. And then Six months has turned into nine months, and now we're at the end of 2020. And so feeling down is, first I want to acknowledge, is a normal 
um, emotion. Um, I think what we want to tell you all today is that, you know, you can feel that emotion for a little while and you can do things to help you move through it, through that, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But if there is this persistence um, feeling of being down, not wanting to do things that you normally would want to do, losing interest in activities that you love, um, you know, not being able to focus changes in your appetite. I mean, there are so many different things. Everybody's mm -hmm. feeling down kind of shows up a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. But if you are experiencing, you know, two or more of these things for an extended period of time, mm -hmm. we definitely would suggest that you go see someone um, to figure out whether or not it has reached a level of clinical depression. Mm -hmm. And that and that could even be um, a virtual Yes. Um, check in with your, just start with your primary care physician. If you mm -hmm. don't know where to start, start with your primary care physician. And um, all of them have some quick assessments they can give yes. you. Just answer some quick questions to kind of figure out what's going on. And I know that like clinical and diagnosis seem like scary words, mm -hmm. but people also experience, and I know T, you're going to talk about this situational depression, you right. know, it could be temporary. It could be, but it's, it's, triggered by what all that's going on. So oh I think we should um, just push ourselves not to feel so concerned about sort of how the language has been stigmatized, yes. but really just, it's just a conversation. Talking to your primary care um, physician is just a conversation. It's just answering a few questions to help get you on the right path. And you should not feel any like shame or guilt or judgment um, from having that conversation with your primary care physician. I know and I've experienced this at times when I go into the doctor and they're asking me to fill out an assessment. Nine times out of 10, I'm truthful. But then there's that, you know, temper that one time, that 10% right. where I'm like, mm, am I going to answer this, you know, as truthfully as I should? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen, especially when there is, um, we're talking about something like your mental health and there has been mm -hmm. that stigma around it. So I may give like a little inch, but not give the um, extent to which I may be dealing with some things. And so I challenge, I have challenged myself to just be 100% transparent when I'm having a conversation with any medical provider or a therapist. Like you're only going to get the help you need if you are 100% transparent about everything that you're feeling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so as Maddie talked about a second ago, you know, there are different types of depression. And the first one that we're going to talk about is seasonal mood disorder. So that's seasonal effect uh, depression. Mm -hmm. That is really based upon, and it happens mostly in the winter, um, mm -hmm. because the days are getting shorter. There's mm -hmm. not as much sunlight. Our bodies crave that sunlight, that vitamin D, um, to keep the hormone levels um, stable. And mm -hmm. so when it starts getting dark at 4.30, I'm sure you all have seen the memes about mm -hmm. it feels like midnight at five o'clock. That mm -hmm. can have an effect on our ability to function, um, you know, at our mentally and emotional optimal state. And mm -hmm. so there is help for that. You can, um, you know, go talk to someone. If you feel like you can't, you're not being productive as you normally would be, you know, when the sun was up longer or you're not able to get out of bed. I mean, there's so many, even with like 
um, the morning times. It doesn't get light until almost seven o'clock. And right. you know, we talked about maximizing these mornings. So if you're getting up at five thirty or six o'clock, pitch black, and it's pitch black dark, that is the, the motivation to get up out the bed mm-hmm. when it's pitch black is very hard. So if you've been feeling like the winter and this darkness has kind of overtaken you, we definitely um, encourage you to go speak with someone because there are things that can be done, whether that's through light therapy or meds mm-hmm. to get your hormones back in balance. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one that we wanted to talk about is really the, the hormone. And all of this is kind of related in some way to the, right. the, the, the st- stability of your hormones. But right. um, the next kind of step that I'm going to talk about is really related to um, women. Our female, yeah, our yeah. female hormones, exactly. Lord. Exactly. Our hormones hit different, okay? Why? Right. Well, I mean, come Jesus. on. The women, the women get it hard, I feel like. Lord of mercy, oh, yes. So Those hormones take me through, okay? <laughs> so whether we're talking about like premenstrual um, mm-hmm. depression or even postpartum. So the premenstrual is before you're even pregnant and having a baby and the postpartum is after you had the baby. Mm-hmm. There are just so many fluctuations that can occur in our hormone levels, whether that's with our estrogen, our progesterone, our testosterone. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. all these things have to come into balance and they affect us in very different ways. And it's yeah. okay. Right. Um, so that is uh, premenstrual depression and then postpartum all can be very hard, especially when you're having to um, continue to function as, you know, a mother, a wife, a sister, a friend, all of Mm -hmm. that can be very, very challenging. For sure. And then um, the last one is situational depression. So this year, again, has been hard for a lot of people. And whether it's been the loss of a loved one um, this year or loss of a job, um, you know, a divorce, a hard relationship, uh, uh, this year has brought up I think to the surface, a lot of, um, triggering events Mm -hmm. and those events are traumatic. So we want to acknowledge that first, um, that there is some trauma associated with those and those particular triggers can bring on a a bout of depression. So maybe it's not Mm -hmm. something that you're going to deal with long-term, but it is something that you need to um, talk to someone and see someone about if you're not able to get, um, and I don't want to use the word get over, but if you're not able to work through it um, Mm -hmm. within, I would say like that one to two week time period. um, And you have to seek out support. So even if you start feeling down, you know, for a week, maybe that first step is just talking to a trusted friend um, Mm -hmm. to start working through like, "Mm, this is how I've been feeling. Do you not do you think, but let them give you some um, love on you a little bit, give you some support. And then if you still kind of feel like that has not helped, then I definitely suggest that you take it to a professional. Yeah. And that two week mark is critical. Like Mm -hmm. if you get to two weeks and you have been feeling this way every day for two weeks, that is an indicator that it's time to make a call um, and reach out to, you know, a healthcare professional. And, you know, even I would say if you feel like, okay, for five of the days out of the seven days, I feel down, but there were two days where I was like, I was okay. You know, I was managing. If 
you've had more days than not in that two-week period, even though it may have not been the entire 14 days, I would definitely um, go talk to someone as well. Because there's, again, spectrum. It could be mild depression. It could be severe. But get the help you need because you don't Mm -hmm. have to stay there is really the point. All right. um, So I think, oh, and then the last one is, you know, there's bipolar depression um, as well. So that goes from you having extreme highs to very extreme lows in a very Mm -hmm. short period of time. Going Um, from manic manic, to being depressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you are experiencing that, again, we say definitely go seek out a professional and be, you know, I think it can be hard sometimes when people start to point out some of those things to Mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Um, But, you know. Or if you see it in someone you love. I mean, psychotic depression, bipolar um, disorders, those are things that I think people brush under the, I mean, these are like serious conditions that affect people's lives and affect, you know, their loved ones as well. But people, a lot of times in families, oh, she's just a little off or she's, Uh you know, we don't like to call it what it is. And that becomes a barrier in being able to work through it and get the help that we need. So I think it's hard when we see it in ourselves and it's hard when we see it in people that we love, but it's important for us to address it and call it by its name. Mm -hmm. Like there's no shame in it. Um, We had a podcast previously for those who are kind of new called the Citrus and Sugar Podcast. And so for those of you who've been rocking with us for a long time, you know that we covered uh, some of these heavier topics um, on that podcast. And I, I remember that one of the things that we shared um, that kind of stuck with me is like, if you had another situation that was not as stigmatized, like mm-hmm. let's say diabetes, you would take your insulin because mm-hmm. it's life or death, right? right. Um, but when it comes to our mental health, because of all the societal pressure around it, people don't want to take their medicine. People don't even want to get medicine. People don't right. even want to get help. People don't even want to acknowledge what they have. So um, there are a lot of you know health issues that we can and all will deal with at some point in life. Yeah. And this is just a part of that. Mental health is part of our overall health. And I don't know why it's treated differently, but it shouldn't be. So we talked about um, those of us who are experiencing isolation and loneliness. And I think the other half or the other side of that coin is we are also experiencing stress and overwhelm. And a lot of times that shows up as anxiety. So Mm -hmm. depression and anxiety can be linked in a lot of situations. Um, So I want to outline some of the different types of anxiety and panic disorders because not all anxiety is created equal. So I think the sort of um, overarching diagnosis, if you're if you're an anxious person that you, you know, you talk to a healthcare professional that they'll give you is a generalized anxiety disorder. This is sort of characterized by this constant worry. If you always feel like you have butterflies in your stomach, mm-hmm. if you never feel calm, if you always feel sort of jittery, uncomfortable, I'm not talking about, you know, going up and speaking in front of a crowd of people, but if you always have this sort of chronic baseline of, of being worried or scared or fearful. That is um, a hallmark of generalized anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. And then a step further, um, 
if for those who you know have GAD or maybe who don't, is a panic disorder. These are like these sudden onset panic attacks, and you have very real and physical symptoms. They may or may not be triggered by something. Sweaty palms, you're shaking, a lot of gastrointestinal, like not just the butterflies, but you're feeling like bubbles in your stomach mm. or nausea. Um because of how our physical bodies are are wired to respond to mm-hmm. stressors, um, you'll notice some of those symptoms, but there might not be anything physically there stressing you, but you're still having the same physiological um, response. That's a panic disorder. And I have had um, panic attacks and I know what that feels like. And it's very scary. Sometimes you can't see straight um, you know, if you've ever watched like SpongeBob or any of the cartoons where everything's like swirling around, oh. that's what it feels like. It feels like you can't even see where you are. You're you're just by yourself in this weird, scary cyclone almost. So that is panic disorder. Um, and then post-traumatic stress disorders. Sometimes we reserve this for, you know, the military vets or people who mm. have been through a house fire or something like that. But all of us have experienced trauma. And I would venture to say that to every um, every person to some degree has some level of PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit, um, and, and Tennille's going to walk us through this, about trauma and trauma responses. Because a lot of how we show up, mm-hmm. if you dig deep enough, is a trauma Thanks. response. Yep. If you're like, oh, I have a wall up. I'm defensive. I don't let people in. I don't make friends with girls. I'm not, I'm having trouble in my relationships. I'm all the things that we own that we say trauma responses, all of them. So it's important for us to recognize our trauma and recognize what our body is doing to try to protect us um, from experiencing that again. Other types of anxiety, social anxiety. Um, you just when you get around people, it just it doesn't work for you. You feel uncomfortable. You know, this is a little bit more than maybe just being shy or embarrassed, but this is just, you're feeling very uncomfortable. You want to retreat. You want to get out of that situation. You sometimes don't feel safe. Um, even if you're physically safe, you're in your mental, you don't feel safe in those situations. Mm-hmm. So there's social anxiety and then obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and these are people who are it's exactly what it sounds like, obsessively and compulsively doing things. And it's not always like washing the dish 20, 50 times or whatever we hear about. Um, Excessive compulsive disorder can be people who describe themselves as like type A and, you know, want to control situations and want things done a certain way or, Mm. you know, my way or the highway. So sometimes I'd be feeling like I have a little bit of OCD. I was just thinking that. I was like, damn. I'll be like triggered by something like, oh, I don't like the way this is, or I want this to be a certain way. And then I have to stop myself and be like, but why? Like, what? It's not that deep, you know? Um, So I think that's something where there could be a gradient or a spectrum as well. We can, you know, all have a little touch of everything, but a lot of times that's associated with a level of anxiety. So because I know I can show up as an anxious person, I know that, that things that are seemingly little to someone else might make me feel stressed or agitated, you know, because I wanted something a certain way. Even if it's not something someone else has done, it might be the way I want to organize something in my home. And then if it's all disheveled, it makes me feel a little like I feel some angst, like, oh, I don't feel calm unless things are tidy. So um, that's definitely associated with anxiety as well. Um, And then I want to spend some time talking about mood management, right? So there are things that we can do and that we can pay attention to in our everyday lives that can help us to manage our mood. So a big one is diet. I know for me, um, we know that caffeine is a stimulant. I know for me that that certain levels of caffeine 
make me feel anxious. Mm-hmm. I and it's clear and it, it doesn't take days to build up. I could drink a cup of coffee and by that evening I feel myself really? feeling jittery, anxious, uncomfortable. Um even any time that I've had like a panicky situation, I always know it's because I was something that I that I had earlier on the day where I had, you know, some coffee and then some green tea or something. And then mm-hmm. later on I'll feel something. I'll be like, dang, what did I eat today? What did I drink today? Because I don't feel like myself. Hormones, Tanil talked about this. Um obviously impact us, our cycles, particularly as women, our sex hormones. And then exercise. Exercise is a big one. There is definitely a hormonal response in our body where we are releasing certain, you know, endorphins and and, um, dopamine and other happy hormones. So that will, that can help us through exercise. And then when we don't exercise, we'll see certain levels um, of our hormones be impacted as well. So all of those things, diet, exercise, and hormone are all, um, intermarried. Um, But there are things that we could do to help us to manage our anxiety response. So um, I think a big point that I wanted to touch on before we moved away from anxiety is to know your triggers. Mm -hmm. So I have recently felt very overwhelmed um, Mm -hmm. just by everything going on. And so I see that show up in how I manage something that if my cup wasn't already full, if I wasn't already at my max capacity, Mm -hmm. I would be able to deal with. Mm -hmm. But because my cup is already at the brim, it's like I'm just one needle or straw that, yeah, broke the camel's back, one Mm -hmm. drop away from overflow. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I got into a huge argument the other day Mm -hmm. because I felt like he didn't value me and everything that I'm doing around here to keep, you know, the house together, the family together, my job together, my business together. And I felt like he said things that minimize that in order to like boost up whatever it is that he's doing. Cause he's also feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And when I say it made me so mad, like I was shaking, I was crying. I can hear it in your voice. I was so upset. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm upset just thinking about it because I mm-hmm. feel like I have given and poured and poured and poured and poured. And it was just like I instantly felt devalued. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop, girl. I had to go like upstairs, go to my office, close the door, and figure out like what is going on with you? Like, why are your hands shaking? Why are you so upset by something that he said? And he mm-hmm. didn't, he did it's not like he said it in anger, anger but we were kind of right. going back and forth about getting something done. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, you need to da da da. And I'm like, well, I need to. I just lost it. So, you know, in my quiet time, um, and this was just last weekend where I, you know, I, I pulled myself away. This is something that I've learned to do, um, to figure out like, okay, what's going on with me. And I always say this, I'll ask myself why three times. So why are you mad? Cause he said it. Okay. My first thing is blame defensive. It's mm-hmm. his fault. Okay. Second, why, but why are you mad? Because I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm getting a little deeper. All right. Well, why are you overwhelmed? Some of it's in my control, some of it isn't because of the current state of what's going on and also because of all the responsibility I've taken on, whether it be a work or home or whatever. Mm-hmm. So for me, I had to kind of peel back to get to what was going on. So um, it was important for me to be able to identify that trigger and then to be able to go back and communicate that with him in this instant, who, instance, who is the closest person to me, because there are things that I can do to protect myself. But also it was important for me to let him know, I'm not mad about what you said, mm. but I'm upset about the feeling of overwhelm and why right. I feel overwhelmed and how you can support me in that way. In that, yeah. Right. So it's good to understand the trigger, peel back the layers 
and um, know that sometimes as women, we will we'll eat it. Like the stressors, yeah. you know, they'll come and we'll eat it and we'll, you know, it's fine. We keep going. We keep going. And honestly, I was feeling fine. It's not like I was like, oh, I'm just feeling so stressed. Like, I, you know, I've been feeling stressed here and there, but I right. also have moments like Tanil said of like levity and just like things are fine, but it all came to a head for me. So um, different ways to manage your mood. And one of the biggest ones outside of like the diet, hormones, exercise, understanding and managing your triggers. Yeah. And it's vitally important for mm-hmm. us to take time um, to identify those triggers, um, understand where they are coming from or where they came from, mm-hmm. um, because they are rooted in something that has happened to us in our past. Yep. Um, and those triggers are often, like I said, a result of something traumatic that has happened to us. So it is important that we um, become or, you know, kind of increase our level of Mm self-awareness to understand what those triggers are. Um, So that's kind of a reflection piece. But then there's also an acknowledgement piece in there. Mm. So, you know, I can go back and think about all of the things that, you know, may have caused me um, some trauma in my life. But if I don't acknowledge the fact that it is indeed a trigger for me, Mm -hmm. I cannot move forward and, you know, um, address and handle those triggers in a way that's going to serve me well uh, moving forward. So before we go on, I just wanted to define trauma. So um, psychological trauma is damage to the mind that occurs as a result of a distressing event. Um, You know, trauma is often the result of an overwhelming amount of stress that exceeds one's ability to cope. Um, and to integrate the emotions that are involved with that experience. And I also wanted to say, because I think one of the things that really stood out for me as I was preparing for this episode is that there are so many levels and layers to our trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's easy for us to point out some of those huge things. Like if we were in a, you know, physically abusive relationship or mm-hmm. we were raped or molested or, you know, whatever those things are. Those, car accident or, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are like mm-hmm. major things that we can, I think we is that are very easy to identify because they are so, um, you know, at the forefront and kind of large, but mm-hmm. there are little things that, um, can, can breed trauma as well. So mm-hmm. if you had, you know, parents who kind of were emotionally abusive in very subtle ways, mm-hmm. um, whether that showed up as, you know, they expected you to be perfect or they were overly critical or whatever mm-hmm. those things are. So I want us to be very intentional about identifying all of our trauma. I think it can be easy for us, for, you know, people to say like, well, I didn't have this major traumatic event in my life. So, you know, I'm not, I don't have any triggers as a result of mm-hmm. trauma, but you got to, ask yourself a couple of times to get to some of those like I don't I'm not don't want to diminish the the level of trauma but to get to some of those things that may not be overly glaring um yeah as traumatic and it's things that we accept as not being traumatic so Mm -hmm. we don't even call them trauma we talked about this during our um ode to mothers back in May when we had all our our mother's day episodes but spanking physical abuse learning that Someone who loves you and cares for you shows their love by, you know, bringing you physical harm mm-hmm. and or bullying our kids. Bullying, you can say, yeah. like, I don't spank them, but it'd be people who's 
parents are bullying them to this day. Mm. And, you know, we say it's in love and it's tough love. Like we put these, we sugarcoat and yeah. we put these nice, um, Try to put a bow on, on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we need to understand that a lot of our behaviors are rooted in that. And just because everybody is doing it or it's normalized in our culture doesn't make it okay. And so we're going to talk about some of um, what we're calling trauma responses. So if any of these things kind of show up in your life at any level, I would encourage you to take some time to evaluate and reflect on some of the things that may have happened in your life. I go back to the episode that we had with Unique and where she talked about, you know, connecting the dots of kind of Mm -hmm. your map of life. I think it's really important for us to figure out where those dots are. And if you think about when we used to do those activities as a kid, like there were big dots that you could, you know, easily draw a line to. But then there may have Mm -hmm. been some smaller dots that, Mm -hmm. you know, weren't as... um, you know, a parent. So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's important for us to do that. So um, the first trauma response we're going to talk about is anxiety and fear. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that is just a natural and common response to a dangerous situation. Um, and for many people, it lasts much longer after the trauma has ended. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, you are noticing that physical response, kind of that mental response to mm-hmm. something, then, you know, that is uh that's your body kind of uh, triggering, not triggering, but um, Mm -hmm. manifesting that, Mm -hmm. that trauma. Past trauma. Yes. Um, The next thing is kind of the, the re-experience of a traumatic event. So you may have unwanted thoughts kind of going back to that time. You may have Mm -hmm. flashbacks. Um, Mm -hmm. It could even show up as nightmares where Mm -hmm. you're reliving that moment or those moments in very visual ways within your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And so definitely um, that's a way that it shows up. And sometimes I will um, share something that has uh, shown up for me. So I am having a hard time reconciling um, whether or not something happened to me in my past, because I will flash back kind of mentally to things mm-hmm. that happened to me that, I, and I'm, I'm kind of like, did that really happen to me? Or am I thinking mm-hmm. that it happened to me? Um, because I was younger. So mm-hmm. I think that was, you know, kind of complicated a little bit. So if you um, experience those feelings and have some of that, those flashbacks, and you can't really reconcile whether it happened or it didn't happen, Mm -hmm. there is something there that you need to explore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would Mm -hmm. explore it with a professional because I think the, you know, fact that you don't know whether it was real or not is not something that you can always work through uh, on your own. Yeah. And I think that's very common. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we have outside influences that make us think something happened. Mm -hmm. And then we also have um, our brain protecting us where something did happen and it makes us think it didn't happen. Mm So we have to kind of work through it with somebody to really get to the root or like you said, reconcile. Yeah. And then the next is just increased vigilance um, is also a common response to trauma. So this can, um, you know, shows up as always feeling kind of on guard or jumpy or jittery or nervous um, when something kind of happens or that thing shows up. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually remember as a kid, there was this, my family always liked to entertain. And there was this one like older gentleman who would come up to my house. And I would always, even as a child, feel like a little 
like uneasy uneasy when he was around right so Mm -hmm. there is you know it can show up in a lot of different ways as you know in children and as um adults so that Mm -hmm. is you know you kind of putting up your spidey senses is that what they call them yeah Mm -hmm. and you're like yeah on guard um so it, it shows up in that way it can also show up as um impatience and irritability Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're not getting enough sleep because of something traumatic that you're not able to, you know, get the, the appropriate rest that you need because you're mm-hmm. always thinking and, and reliving those things. Um, a very common one, and this is me all day, is avoidance, right? So I'm just, you know, trying to manage whatever I have to. I know that there's something going on and something traumatic and there's a trigger there, but instead of acknowledging it, I try to, you know, not acknowledge it or deny it as a form of avoidance, even mm-hmm. though I know it's there. So that can be a defense mechanism. Um, you know, you try to push away the painful thoughts and feelings that you have. So whether that's, you know, pushing it away in the back of your mind or mm-hmm. even overcompensating. So, um, you know, we've talked on this podcast how I was, you know, at a place um, in my life at one point where I was always trying to like fix people that I was, um, in a relationship with. And I think, um, that was, a an avoidance tactic for me. Like if I can try to fix you, then I don't necessarily have to focus on fixing myself or acknowledging my own triggers and things Mm -hmm. like that. So Mm -hmm. I, it shows up in a lot of different ways. Avoidance is, you know, so you got to be careful and kind of look at that. You can be trying to overcompensate to other people to avoid what you have going on um, on that side. It could also show up as, you know, emptiness. You just feel like you can't muster up enough of the things that you need to overcome it um, Mm -hmm. as well. It can show up in a range of different emotions that a lot of us feel, whether that's anger, like you just talked about, Maddie, or it can show up as shame, um, mm-hmm. you know, blaming yourself for things that people did to that you. Guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not your fault. Um, so I, it, it can show up in that way as well. It also can show up in grief and depression, um, like we've talked about. So that is, you know, feeling down or hopeless or, um, you know, crying and apathy and, and all of those things that, mm-hmm. um, you know, just prevent us from kind of living in our most optimal um, mental and emotional state. Um, Mm -hmm. It shows up in our like self image. So how we view ourselves, um, Mm -hmm. how we even view the world. Others. Yes. Is, um, you know, can be based in, in our trauma. Yeah. It shows up in our relationships, whether that's our relationships with our parents, our friends, our significant others, our children, um, how we relate to others can be based in trauma. And that I can go both ways. Like I, you know, feel like you can have a traumatic experience and then you can do things to overcome some of those things. So we talked about, I may have been someone who was spanked as a child, but when mm-hmm. I have my child, I might, you know, go the gentle parenting right route. Mm-hmm. So that's a more positive response to my trauma Or Mm -hmm. something that may not be as positive is that I just continue to do what was done to me regardless of, or irregardless Mm -hmm. of, is that, I don't even think. It's it's regardless. Regardless. I was right the first (laughs) time. 
Thank you. Oh, um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, and regardless, I feel like people said it's not a word, but yes. So um, regardless of those things that, you know, you know, the consequence that it or in the effect that it had on you when you were a child. So mm-hmm. um, it, it shows up in a lot of different ways. And I think in our like, you know, um, loving relationships with like a man or a woman and our sexual relationships, it can mm-hmm. show up as walls. It can show up as you not being as um, vulnerable as you, you mm-hmm. could be, um, mm-hmm. when you get into the bed, it could, you know, even be like you not being as free, um, as you could be to experience all of the love and the passion that this, the person is giving to you. Now we know that there are some, um, experiences where that love and passion is not love and passion. It's something right, else. Right, so, right. Um, I wanted to acknowledge that like not all of these, you know, our sexual encounters are based in that, in, in love. And sometimes the response in our sexual relationships can be an over-sexualization. Yes. It can be an overcompensation by, you know, everything being sexual and, you know, a lot of, um, know, outwardly sexual behaviors that mm-hmm. are a result of a traumatic experience that we have experienced in our past. So it can go both ways. Yeah. So um, before we move on to the next topic, I just wanted to share, um, you know, one of my earliest memories of something of a trauma for me that continues to show up for me to this day. So mm-hmm. I can remember, you know, being in the first grade and um, I always had like, you know, thick thighs and a butt. I don't have the butt no more like it was back in the day. But um, and, and people always used to comment on it. So whether that was my family or, you know, people at my elementary school, like sometimes the kid, the boys would talk wow. about it and even the adults. So I had a first grade teacher who um, I was her favorite. She was a black woman. She was, a, a you know, on the thick side. She had a butt and they would always like call me her and talk about how like we were shaped the same and all of those things. And, you know, that stuck with me throughout my like elementary career. And then I was a competitive dancer where there was an expectation that you have a certain, you know, body shape and maintain those things. And if you didn't, then you needed to work towards, um, getting to the level or the place that you needed to be. So I can remember, you know, being 10 years old and taking like slim fast and, you know, all of these things to try to get to the ideal like body weight um, for a dancer. Mm. And, and those things just continue to show up today. So, you know, when you see me not, you know, as like this slim young woman in the world, there's a lot of things that um, have played into that. Right. Mm. So I kind of feel like I want people to accept me for who I am, to love me for who I am, no matter what I look like. And Mm -hmm. that was not always the case in my life. So, um, you know, when we look at like, well, you know, this person is able able to lose weight and this person may struggle through the process of losing weight. You never know what the the trauma is and how, you know, and how people are responding to that. So I think we need to be gentle with ourselves. One. And we need to be gentle with others. And in our society today, I mean, it is, I feel like hyper, um, there's a hyper focus on, you know, these snatched waists and these big um, butts and the, you know, having the right 
boob lifts. And it, it's just a lot of things that are focused on how we look and not always like how we are as people. So um, that's, right. that's right. That's real. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure, especially on women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Especially on women. It's tough. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about our options, right? For treatment, for getting through this. Um, I think another, um, a trauma response that we didn't touch on too is like the self-medication. So there's oh, yes. medication where you get into treatment, but then there's a lot of people who, you know, are getting high and mm-hmm. who are drinking. And mm-hmm. I think those things can help us in the short term. Um, they can help us, you know, to, to block out some of those thoughts and memories and things, but I think that it's always important to seek treatment and medication under the care of a um, professional. So um, there's a lot of alternative medication, like, you know, CBD, which comes from the Mm -hmm. hemp plant um, Mm -hmm. that maybe doesn't have some of the other like um, psychoactive effects of like the THC, but, you know, we can do that under the care of somebody who can help us to get, um, the right medication or treatment. There mm-hmm. might also be like, um, you know, um, medicine that was chemically made in a lab, right? So mm-hmm. like our more um, traditional prescription medicines, that's an option. Um, in terms of like alternative treatments to acupuncture, body work, energy work, Reiki, mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a whole spectrum of things that we can do when it comes to treatment. But today I want to focus on um we, we just commonly just call it therapy, but mm-hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and it's a type of psychotherapy. And quickly, I'm just going to take us through a quick list of other types of psychotherapy that we don't talk about as much because I think CBT is really more towards the forefront of mm-hmm. what when we talk about therapy, what we expect. But there's interpersonal therapy that focuses on your um, relationships and interpersonal skills. Some people with um, some of the social anxiety and things that they could benefit from that dialectal behavioral therapy, um, which was initially developed to treat um, chronically suicidal patients, Mm. people um, with borderline personality disorders. Um, There is um, EMDR, which stands for, I always get this wrong, so I'm going to read, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Um, So this is something that's commonly used for PTSD. And we see this used with, um, like we said, our returning veterans, returning citizens um, who are coming from maybe the prison system and others um, who have been through some very serious and chronic trauma. Um, There's mentalization-based therapy, which engages a skill called mentalizing, in which people learn to separate their own automatic thoughts and feelings um, from those around them. Sometimes people need help with the separation of the two. Psychodynamic psychotherapy that uses... um, uh, that is something that's done to help people achieve self-actualization through deepened insight um, into emotional conflicts that are causing them with cognitive difficulties. Um, so going a little bit deeper than um, the CBD, CBT, I'm sorry, cognitive behavioral therapy might go. Um, and then supportive psychotherapy. So that is... Um, similar to the interpersonal, um, but it looks at a patient's relationship with society as a whole, with social patterns and their emotional responses to various scenarios and situations. Um, 
I want to talk today specifically, like I said, about the cognitive behavioral therapy. Most of you who've been to see a therapist, this is probably what you did. It feels a lot like a conversation. Mm -hmm. This is a much more common and popular um, form of psychotherapeutic practice, but it is psychotherapy. Um, CBT combines theory and techniques behind both cognitive and behavioral therapy. So behavior are our actions, cognitives deals with our mind um, and our thinking and our thoughts. The approach was really initially created by examining the relationship between a person's negative thoughts, um, as well as their fears, behaviors, and physical responses to various experiences. So physical responses could be like Tennille, you know, talked about the substance abuse. It could be the um, uh, sexual behavior. It could be the removing yourself from a situation. What are we actually doing physically um, that's impacted by our thoughts, our fears, um, our emotional trauma. Um, It's generally not used to solve deeper emotional um, or Mm -hmm. psychological trauma. That's why I listed some of those other options to let people know that there are other options um, for people who are suffering from more severe levels of trauma. Um, And it is generally short term with a set number of sessions. So I know that I did therapy for like six weeks at one time, might be 12 weeks at another time. So um, it is something that people do for a short period of time um, when they're going through something and then they might let up on the sessions and you might check in once a month or whatever you kind of work out with your therapist in terms of what your personal situation might Mm -hmm. be as just sort of maintenance. And we see this in other um, terms of care as well. Like if you go to acupuncture, you might be in there three days a week for six weeks, right? Like undoing. And then you might just be in there for what they call sort of maintenance. This is very similar. But cognitive behavioral therapy has shown to be extremely effective in treating a number of different cognitive disorders, including depression, the big ones, including anxiety, substance abuse, eating disorders, um, the body dysmorphia, um, and even other more severe types of mental illness. So it's a great starting point if you're looking to get into therapy and you're kind of reading about the therapist and what they specialize in. um, It's it's good to know that someone has a base in cognitive behavioral therapy. Sometimes when we go to like maybe our spiritual counselors Mm -hmm. or our church leaders and others, they might not have that basis. Um, And I think it's just an important checkpoint to look for. So there is a lot of information, a lot of options, lots of, you know, choices. I think Mm -hmm. the most important thing, if you could take away one takeaway from this episode is to seek help. Um, just start with a, um, conversation with, uh, just your 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 primary doctor, um, if you have one. If not, there are lots of apps, and I can share some in the show notes, like mm-hmm. um, BetterHelp and others, where talk you can kind of log yeah. in, talk space, yeah, and kind of begin that conversation. But we don't have to diagnose ourselves. Mm-mm. We don't have to manage it ourselves. We don't have to under. We don't even have to fully understand it ourselves to start without the help of someone who can walk us through that process. Right. Um, and it's also important to remember that our mental health is part and parcel with our physical health, and it requires the help of a healthcare provider to navigate. If you had another kind of trauma, if you had a blunt force trauma mm-hmm. to, your, to your body, you're not going to sit there and try to, you know, w- stitch your wound up, or right? Go to your so, friends. Or go to your friends mm-hmm. and, hey, can you help me with this this wound or this trauma? Particularly if it's more severe, particularly if it's not healing after several weeks, particularly right. if it's feeling worse instead of better. Put Tell yourself, okay, if this exact same situation was something with my physical health, what would I do? You would be in urgent care. 
Yeah. You, you wouldn't be waiting. You would you would be in somebody's patient first, um, going to get help. And that's the same mindset that we need to have. We need to be intentional about maintaining our mental health through our daily practice. Um, so just like we eat well and exercise and take care of our bodies, we need to do the same thing um, with our mental health. And so one of the things that I am releasing um, in the new year is a book of 40 practices that mm. will be available yeah, in early 2021 um, that we can use to practice maintaining our mental health, our well-being. Um, it can be used as a resource guide. It can be used when you're going through something like, you know, what I was going through last weekend. It can be used as a daily practice, however you want to do it. But I think it's important for us to focus on the maintenance um, of our well-being. And I think that this is a conversation that we will certainly continue in season three of the show because it's just timely. So um, I'm glad we were I able love to, that. Kind of, to kind of start in. Thank yeah. you, Boo. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're running up toward the end of the show, but I, I still wanted us to be able to do our closing <laughs> segment. So if you would, to Neil's date diary. Yes. All right. So today's uh, dating story comes from one of our listeners. So thank you for engaging with us in yes. the DMs. We really appreciate it. Um, and the title of this entry is the da- These Dating Streets Are Raggedy. All right. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Girl, they are. It's the ghetto here. <laughs> it's the ghetto. <laughs> but I do, I'll, I'll circle, back, circle back on this at the end. All right. So it says, last year, I reconnected with a gentleman from uh, when I first moved to the DMV. He was amazing. He had a great career. He was a believer. He was celibate. Girl, you know that is one that is, he's like a unicorn. Mm-hmm. And, a unicorn uh, <laughs> child. Or so we thought. <laughs> or so we thought, right. And we just had overall, you know, a great time and, and great chemistry together. We used to stay up until the wee hours of the morning, having deep conversations about things people should discuss before marriage, but often don't. Mm-hmm. Um, we went on lavish dates and then, dun dun Ghosted ghosted shut up girl and it and this was like the classic ghost girl he missed Mm. my birthday Mm. and then circled back and said he was uh gonna make it up to me the following weekend how you gonna miss her birthday though niggas anyway (laughs) (laughs) i thought you said ninjas on this show you forgot sorry ninjas sorry 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 she said, I literally never heard from him again. On a tipsy October night, I sent a text and got nothing in return. Girl, we know those. She wasn't drunk, but we know those tipsy texts all too well. W-I-D joints. <laughs> yeah, what you doing? Oh, right, right, right. Got nothing in return, though, girl. Nothing. He didn't even acknowledge it. He didn't even give her the um, thumbs up reaction. On <laughs> so fast forward to the start of this year. This joker had the audacity <laughs> to send her a message. Did the old temperature check. Child, and this is what it said. Hey, I know it's been a while and I'm looking forward to you fussing me out. I can't wait to catch up. Mm. 
don't even don't even try to play at my heartstrings because you know that I know I'm your um I'm mad at you and I don't even really need to be responding mm-hmm. to you. So he tried to like throw that. I look forward to this fuss out. To, to, I look forward to the fuss out. No, what what? Let me decode what that message said. The person that I've been talking to over here for the last six months, nine months, whatever, Get rid of my ass is yeah is no longer here. <laughs> and I'm scrolling back through my Rolodex to see who I can um hit up instead of starting from scratch that's all that is so she said like you Tanil, i prayed for god to remove um these type of people you know people who weren't for me expeditiously mm-hmm. as ti would say and then she <laughs> says why does god answer those play- prayers so quickly but the others like lord please send me my husband mm-hmm. or please send me this you know whoever whatever it is he answers those a little bit slower mm. <sighs> Child, that's the age-old question we all have. So she did not respond to him. Good girl. Yeah, girl. We don't need that. We are not settling for that ninja behavior in 2020 or 2021 or any of the years to come. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about our um, our conversation that we had in the DM is that she was still very hopeful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, although she had this experience, a lot of us have experiences, and you know. They sting for a little bit, and we just have to get back on the bandwagon and remain positive. Sometimes it doesn't work that way, and we get a little bit negative, and we stay in that negative place for longer than we need to. But Mm -hmm. what I wanted to say is that remain hopeful. These dating streets, and it's not all the dating streets, you know, just like anywhere that you go into a major city, you have your nice streets in the city. And then you have some of the streets that are a little sketchy and some that you don't go down, you know, better than to go down. Mm -hmm. So all these dating streets aren't raggedy. We just have to make sure that we are going down and being intentional about choosing the correct streets. So that is today's entry. And like I said, Maddie and I loved having the conversation with this listener about her mm-hmm. story. So I mm-hmm. encourage you all to slide on in those DMs and we want to chat with you. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear your questions. Um, so shoot us a DM. And then last but not least, because I know we are running low on time, the All I Want for Christmas You Dating Challenge will officially kick off on Monday, December 14th. So that's Woo-hoo! our next episode. So be on the lookout, ladies. Get ready, get ready. Yes. Thank you to our anonymous um, listener. We'll call her Ghosted Gal for for your submission. This is a a regular listener um, who always listens and engages with us. So we are so grateful for you. Thank you, Now it's Yes. And now it's time for a word with Madden. So this week we are in Romans 12. I think this is verse two. Um, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of mm. your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. The Bible commands us to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. We should not give any less focus, any less attention, any less care to our mind, to our mental health, to our thinking, to our cognition. So um, it, it it starts in the mind, even what we do in the physical. The Bible also calls us later on in Romans to use our bodies as a physical sacrifice mm. to the Lord. But before we can do that, it starts in the mind. So 
Um, if you're feeling any of the feelings that we described, if you're even unsure, um, begin to do your research and have the conversation because it starts, transformation starts by the renewal of Mm. the mind. Hmm. That is good. Transformation starts with the renewal of your mind. That's not me. That's a good old, Lord. Lord. Yes, yes, yes. All right. And now it's time for question of the episode. That was actually pretty good. Thanks. All right. Um, How will you invest in your mental health in this season? Hmm. I think I'm going to take sort of a multifaceted approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing is there was one time where I was really um, focused on using some of the apps that are on my phone mm-hmm. um, to focus on like bringing me to like a calm place, um, meditation, mindfulness, having a release that isn't me bubbling over and my cup spilling over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had stopped. So my health insurance carrier um, in 2020 as a result of like a response to the pandemic has given us all free um, subscriptions to one year with the Calm app. And maybe oh, Headspace. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. So I am going to um, renew my subscription. I have also been taking advantage of um, on the Peloton app, there are some mindfulness and sleeping uh, meditations, but those are more to like just wind down and go to sleep. But mm-hmm. I, I need to start taking that time to sort through all of the things that are in my head. So um, that's one. Um, a second one, I think, is just being more communicative um, mm. with those around me about what I need mm-hmm. um, and how I can be supported. Um, so that is a second one. And then a third one, I think, is to unplug not like when people say from like my phone and social media or whatever, but from a lot of the responsibilities that I have um, at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, some of the other self-imposed responsibilities and knowing that I don't have to see everything to completion. Mm-hmm. I don't have to make sure everything's perfect. Like I can't put 100% into everything that I do. No. Um, and so being able to unplug and say, y'all got it, run with it. I'm here, you know, in a supporting role. And so I've I've recently actually done that, um, very recently, just as of this week with some big projects coming up. And I feel good about it. I do. And that is the true boss moves. Like mm-hmm. you, if you want to be a boss or say you're a boss, the bosses give out the things, you know, they, they have the vision, they communicate the vision, they give it out, and then they let other people execute. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the outcome isn't what you anticipated or wanted, but it was still good, all good. If it wasn't, if it didn't turn out, you know, the way that you either expected or the client end user wasn't happy, then you boss up and you give those people course correction so they can do it right the next time. That's but right. it's not for you to do. That's right. Yep. All okay. right. What about you? How are you going to invest in your mental health in this season? Yes. So mine is multi-pronged as well. The mm-hmm. first one is actually kind of self-imposed. So y'all, I have been feeling like something has been stuck in my left eye for like the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. There we go. The two week mark. I did this go out and seek medical attention. Come to find out I have dry eye in my left eye oh man and so um you know they gave me drops she basically said it may be because you know you're looking at 
the computer all day, then you're probably looking at TV, you're looking at your phone, you're, you know, so there was a Mm -hmm. portion of my eye that wasn't producing um, any tears. Mm -hmm. Gave me some drops, but then she also gave me this eye mask that she wants me to use daily um, Mm -hmm. for 15 minutes. And so I have instituted 15 minutes of stillness. When I put that eye mask on at the end of my day, I am sitting in silence or playing some, you know, praise and worship music and mm-hmm. really just decompressing from the day. And I think that has definitely been um, good for my mental health and my sleep habits um, over the past few days. The other thing is that I am intentionally choosing faith, hope, positivity, and love. Um, y'all, I am still dealing with this house sale situation. And mm-hmm. it is very easy to be negative and to be like, you know, discouraged. discouraged. God, why is this happening to me? What is the lesson that I'm supposed to be getting from this? All those things. Um, and I could be down and I've had my moments, but I'm choosing to um, approach it from a place of hope and positivity that God mm-hmm. is going to work it out. Yes, um, it whatever it, the situation, however it plays out, God is going to work it out. And y'all, it has already been- has. Yes, he already has. And it's not even, it's been like, we're supposed, we're like two to three days from closing twice, Mm -hmm. y'all. And then then something happens and it falls through. But Mm -hmm. the Lord is faithful. So I'm I'm trying to approach those, everything really from those places, faith, hope, positivity, and love. And then the last thing is really just giving myself what I need unapologetically. Um, So setting boundaries, and doing what I, I need to do for myself for and, you. and being okay with that. Good. Yeah. I love that. We love you. Thank you all Thank for you. listening. Thanks we for know, hanging in with we us. We went a little bit over today, but we know that it's going to bring value. And so we're grateful to be able to have done it. Take care. All right. Bye, T. Love you. I love you too. Thanks for listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Wait, are you subscribed yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Want to show more love? Leave us a five-star rating and review. Then let's keep talking at lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. Love, M-A-A-D-E-N.